Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. And then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, onto his left foot. It's brilliant. Oh, it's a fantastic goal from Danny Ings. He's done it again. Here comes Ward Browse. checking out in that number with me kevin the moscow mush milverton and ray hunt find me on twitter at moscow mush and my co-host ray hunt at ray hunt 84 follow the show at number podcasts on twitter in that number podcast on instagram and facebook if you've got any questions for the show if you can be bothered to send us an email to in that number podcast at gmail.com leave us a five-star review on itunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts share subscribe and give us good vibes let's go Welcome to another episode of In That Number, episode 93, Tomb Raider. I, lo- I love it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> uh, this week, we will be discussing Friday Night's Clash with Newcastle United before we head to the international break. 
in the away end, we shall look even further ahead to our trip to Molyneux on Saturday the 21st of November, scheduled for a 3pm kickoff at the moment. We have the thoughts of Matt Cooper from Talking Walls to give us the lowdown on that fixture. Uh, but joining us this week, we have Tim Bizantz and the Moscow Mush. So let's get to them. Firstly, Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. You stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! Who's scruffy-looking? <laughs> you are. Fair observation. <laughs> yes, you are looking very, very scruffy today, Kevin. Yeah. You, look, you just got out of bed. <laughs> Might as well have. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, great, great, great week. Um, just spent most of the last... Uh, 24 hours or more, I'm just, just refreshing that league table and looking at it. It's mesmerising stuff. It's very good. Very, very good. Uh, and we welcome back Tim. Tim, how are you this week? Been, been, been quite a busy week in the US. Uh, yeah, there's been some entertainment going on here. Uh, <laughs> keeps things busy. Just a, just a, just a little COVID, just an, just an election. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of emotions going on throughout the country, and uh, it's been been quite hectic over here. But uh, things are looking good for the Saints, and so that's uh, that's what we're here to talk about today. That is it. Yes, um, I have to admit though, this week I have had the uh, U.S. election on my phone all week. Actually, you say you've been refreshing mm-hmm. the Premier League, Kev. I've been refreshing the the U.S. election on Google. Well, just, yeah, uh, up till Friday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but anyway, I suppose it's something different uh, in the news other than COVID. So, yeah, it's, um, it's a nice distraction. Yeah. Um, what's the feeling like specifically where you are, though, Tim? So where I live at is... It's red, isn't it? It no, Well, the state is, yes. But the county that I live in in North Carolina is the most left-leaning and has the highest percentage of votes in comparison to its uh, county's population wow. uh, f- for the state of North Carolina. So people are pretty happy. Went out for a walk last night. People are honking their horns and uh, I guess enjoying it. Uh, some people are very happy. Some people have a sense of relief. And there are many people out there who are genuinely upset. Well, that's the way it should be, I suppose. Um, right. OK, why don't we kick off with uh, Tim's teaser? All right. The question is a little bit of a shout out to Matt Markstone. Uh, the question is, would you rather... Watch every Saints game at one in the morning kickoff or four in the morning kickoff. Yeah, he, uh, he has to in California for those seven a.m. games uh, and the East Coast. They're four a.m. So that's a it's a it's it's a struggle for him. But just want to know what you guys would think. Every every game starts at one a.m. or four a.m. It makes no difference to me because I'm up for those times anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I mean, both of them seem like quite comfortable times for you, and just you know, get up, stick the game on. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'd say four a.m. because I can, I'll be, um, my shift would almost be finished by then. So it's like, yeah, just on a wind down, stick the Saints game on. Yeah, four a.m. for me. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm dead in any sense at four a.m. Um, I, I didn't <laughs> realise there was a four in the morning. <laughs> um, yeah, it's got to be one, hasn't it? Mrs. wouldn't be pleased, but um, yeah, at least I'd be able to watch it. So depends on the day. Well, if so Friday leading into Saturday, I would choose the the 1 a.m. slot. But Saturday or Sunday, I would choose the 4 a.m. slot uh, because just because it's I don't want to have to wake up for the next day going into it and have to deal with uh, staying up all night to watch the game. Well, actually, now if you, if, if I'm not working. I would definitely take the 1 a.m. Because, I mean, it's I, I usually have to get up and watch well, Rangers or 
or anything. I mean, the Super Bowl, I'll get up and watch that because that's on the early hours of the morning for us. So, uh, yeah, four o'clock in the morning will be a bit of a, like Kev said, that would be pretty. But on a day off, that would be difficult for me. But um, yes, I'll uh, I'll have uh, I'll have one a.m. on a day off, four a.m. on on a work day. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, ITN news then. Kev, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, um, Ralph Hasenhutl has been nominated for the Premier League's Manager of the Month for October, quite rightly so. Um, quite rightly so. so you, yeah, get onto the Premier League website, uh, vote early, vote often. Uh, we know that it can make a difference. Um, you can't mail them in for this one, you've got to go onto the website. And uh, <laughs> also, Jay Adams has been uh, nominated for Player of the Month. Uh, again, so, rightly yeah. so. Get your votes in. Yeah, interesting that, that Shay didn't get the uh, the vote for in that number. Yeah, it's um, strange, but yeah, maybe it wasn't the popular vote. Um, maybe. Who, hang on, who was our... It was Bestigard. Bingsy, right? Bestigard. Yeah. Bestigard. Bestigard, right, right, yeah. I think it's, it's quite difficult for um, defenders to get um, player of the month, I think. Well, this, this is a Premier League panel that is um, the same panel that are voting Redmond, man of the match. But the Saints fans, the ones who watch him week in, week out, know that the real player of the month was was Vestica. Yeah. Southampton B, then, uh, they narrowly lost out on penalties in their Hampshire Senior Cup semi-final against Eastleigh. Um, after taking the lead through Enzo Rabisi, Saints failed to hang on as Pierce Bird got the late equaliser and then he took the winning penalty. So, yeah, more woes for Saints B. But then, joy, joy at last. <laughs> Oh yeah. Did you did you see this? They they took on Man City yesterday afternoon and came out on top five two. Mm. Uh, Jake Vokins returned to the side with a goal. Will Ferry, he got the other one. Uh, continues to impress. I like this lad. You know, I think he's going to have a future with us. And yes, had a brilliant hat trick from Dan and Lundalu helped seal the victory. Yeah, he's leaving Michael Oberfemi in the dust at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know. He's sort of uh, faders into obscurity quite a bit. I'm I'm a little bit worried about him. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Valerie, Ramsey, Vokin, Slattery, Teller and Lundaloo, they all handed starts in that game as well, so... International call-up, Kev. Yes, um, only a few this time round. Um, Stu has uh, been called up to the Scotland squad. Um, they face Serbia in the uh, Euro 2021, are we calling it now? Playoff yeah. final, that's on the 12th of November. Um, am I right in thinking, they had, they had quite a shocker at the qualifying campaign, they only got in through the um, Nations League, is that right? I don't know, mate. I don't. I don't pay attention to Scotland. Sorry, Kev. Some, if you're listening, like Kev that. McGee. Yeah, um, I mean, definitely uh, give us a message and updates and that. But um, yeah, then they've got Nations League matches against Slovakia and Israel. Um, Yannick Vestergaard, he's been called up to the Denmark squad for their friendly against Sweden and Nations League matches against Iceland and Belgium. And of course, uh, I bet he fucking Man starts Roman. those games. Yeah, yeah, I think he should. Do. I mean, he started the the previous ones for Denmark. I think he was only left on the bench for one of them. But, um, That's right. Yeah, that was a friendly. But, yeah, uh, but yeah, he's he's quite instrumental in our team. Seems to be doing a very good job for Denmark. And um, of course, Prousey, he's been called up to the England squad. Of course. Uh, we've got Ireland in a friendly on Thursday. And then we've got Belgium and Iceland in the Nations League. 
But um, yeah, speaking of Ireland, some longs out of the squad, and I don't see a way back for him to be honest. No, I think that's it. I think he's done. Are you aware that you said Thursday with an Irish accent? Did I say Thursday? No, kind of just it. Well, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't the Thursday. It just sounded a bit Irish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it must be difficult for you flitting back from Russian, English, Irish. It's just yeah, all yeah, over yeah. the place for you, Kev. Good, good job. We're not playing the Netherlands. <laughs> Um, Lone Watch then, Kev. Going to just discuss a few of the lone players. Uh, Elianusi, uh, did you hear about him in the week, guys? Because uh, he was spotted on his phone during the Europa League battering to Sparta Prague, and he's to be punished by Celtic. Uh, Yeah, on his phone, on the bench. He got taken off. This is what I understand, so they were losing. He got taken off. He goes onto the bench and gets his phone out. That's a big no-no, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Wow. As um, I said, he came out and apologised, though, didn't he? Oh yeah, sure. But I mean, he's Saints aren't allow, don't don't allow phones at training, or you know, if if you get a phone out in the middle of the canteen, you're going to get uh, fined for it. So to do it in the middle of a match when your team's losing, it's pretty bad. So then all of a sudden, uh, he just scores a hat trick here against Motherwell uh, on the road. Wow, <laughs> that's completely that's, that's flipped a massive mind. turnaround, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he, so his punishment is not going to stand. Now that's it; they've taken it away. Just you do that every week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they'll find um, him and they'll find him and be done with it. Uh, Angus Gunn kept a clean sheet yesterday in Stoke's three-nil win at table-topping Reading at the Medeski Stadium. Amazing, he's really good. Um, Reading actually have lost three in a row after winning seven of their first eight and drawing the other one, so they're still top, but. I can't remember who drafted Reading in our draft. That was me. That was you, you bastard. Okay, we'll catch up with that next week anyway, and we do our... Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, did you, you, you said you watched the Stoke game. Yeah, I, uh, it was on ESPN+, Plus, so I had it on, and decent. Huh? He's got it was over five or six saves on, on goal that he had, so that's fantastic for him. Uh, yeah. Regardless of just, look, and, you know, obviously I wasn't watching it extremely closely, but uh, having that stat line and having been playing against Reading, who's been top of the league. Uh, that's fantastic for him. Hopefully that just uh, builds his confidence going forward. Absolutely. Um, and more good news for our loanies. Josh Sims at Doncaster. Yes. Wow. I mean, I really want to chat to a Doncaster fan actually about Sims because he's been electric and he? he scored twice uh, in their 5-1 away win to FC United of Manchester in the FA Cup first round proper Saturday afternoon. So, yeah. They must absolutely fucking love him at Doncaster. His loan is uh is actually it's only a short term loan, so yeah, he's done December, in yeah. he's done in January. Uh, regarding now the the attacking midfield positions, we've got the four of Armstrong, Janepo, Redmond, and Walcott, who, who can all <laughs> slot you can all slot in there. But I think he would be a decent or a really good fit for that fifth spot if they want to keep him in. Now. If there's injuries or anything like that, I would say you know he's definitely shown his uh, shown his mold. He did a really uh, decent job playing for the Red, New York Red Bulls over here. Caught a few of those games just to see. He was mm, yeah. uh, he's definitely definitely one of the better players on the field for uh, for both teams. Whenever I watched, and uh, who knows, we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. But he's en- hopefully he's enjoying it, and it sounds like he's doing a doing a good job. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd take him back in a heartbeat. I've always been a fan of Josh Sims, and I just think he's just... I don't... said before, I don't think Ralph likes him. There must be something that he's not he's not a fan of. 
But yeah, Jake Hesk of Crawley Town are taking on Torquay United at Plainmore as we speak, actually, in more first round action. He's not playing and he's not on the bench. So, oh dear. Is that all of our loanies then? Uh, I think so. Although, well, there's Wesley Hoot, but he's a twat, so I, I don't I don't care about him. Um, and as I say, Tyreek Johnson's back now, and he's in B team action, isn't he? I think that is about it. Oh, apart from Lamina, obviously, but he's injured. Uh, but yeah, I think that's about it anyway, Kev. Okay. Tim's injury report with those big updates. Yes, well, I'm looking forward to this one. Good luck, Tim. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Uh, so I guess what's unique about the the with the, the Southampton comparatively to the NFL, for example, the NFL is required to put out an injury list every week. So you get a lot more information on what what every player is or where their status not, is at. Not in the NHL. If you notice that, they just say upper body injury, lower body injury. That is all they're allowed to say. Well, the reason they do that is because in the NHL, they'll target that person's yes, injury. Yes, I know. <laughs> oh, yes. So there's a, reason, no there's a reason they do that. Or they'll say, they'll, it's basically, it's three things, upper body, lower body, or concussion. Yeah. Because they, they, they have a separate concussion list. Um, that's NHL. lower, uh, I guess it's a different threshold of time. Um, alongside, even in now Major League Baseball does as well, they have a concussion list too that is separate uh, based upon just the seven-day window of analysis, uh, which leads into, uh, obviously, the injury report. So first and foremost, I'll talk about the smaller ones because then we'll talk about Ings at the end. Uh, but Narek had a concussion or concussion-like symptoms. He, when he landed, he landed and had enough brace with his, uh, with his arms to kind of pre- prevent and or uh, – solidify some reduction of stress within the head you still land like that you still land on your head you land on your neck there could be a lot of issues but he started for the week so that's good to see diallo had a dead leg um, which is a massive thigh contusion uh, it's probably something that Grealish did in that one kick that he had i blame i'll blame Grealish on that but he was back on the bench <laughs> so that looked good Bones uh, of steel. <laughs> yeah uh they did say Vokens had left knee pain, but seeing that he started for the – which I didn't see him on the bench, but then going into the Southampton B game, he did play. So mm-hmm. whatever that might have been is now cleared up. Uh, Smallbones had a quad injury uh, for a long time now. Nothing more definitive that I can find on that. Uh, Bird trans hamstring is a tweak. So basically by tweaking it is a low, is going to be a low grade, uh, issue, but as with hamstrings, they take a long time, uh, to recover. So they're basically saying, okay, we'll put, we'll put them out for the week. Uh, then we'll get the international break and hopefully get them back. I would expect them back on the 21st. Good. So looking at that, uh, Salisu, the myth that is him. Uh, looking in and diving into a little bit more, he's been carrying, he, he had and carried an injury back from hit from his days at, uh, in Spain, seeing how that goes through. Uh, we didn't see him in training until about August or September. Now we are all here to speculate on what it might be. And regarding whatever it is, I expect that there had to be some sort of surgery or some sort of lingering issue that, he then was being able to build back up to it and get get into the game because they've been talking about match fitness for a long time now. Um, who knows? But right now our center backs are playing really well, so there's no there's no rush to get him back into it, which is really good. Other unique news that came out: Sam McQueen. I uh, wanted to be able to talk about that. A great article by Dan Sheldon in The Athletic uh, this past week talking about his ACL rupture that he had 
in, when he was on loan at Middlesbrough. Uh, what ended up happening was is that the surgery, uh, he get, developed an infection. So the screws being able to solidify and hold uh, the new ligament that uh, that was in there through through the knee uh, they became infected so what ended up happening is they had to clear the infection and then redo the surgery all over again so even if with a massive rupture and probably some other things that go on just beyond the acl um, that can range between six and nine months of recovery as it is uh, it can lead up to 12 months so not only are you tacking on two acl surgeries plus the recovery time for the uh, the infection to heal so we're looking at two years that's where that two-year timeline comes into fray where it was in 2018 of the in the fall of 2018 don't remember the exact month uh, where he had the injury and so um, we did see him recently back in, uh, in pictures. Uh, he is in the 25-man starting squad. If we are looking for anything potential down the road, he might see him sometime here in uh, in the squad in the squad or considered for the squad sometime in the spring. That's according to the appropriate timeline, regardless of whether it's play or he's back up to it. We'll find out there. What what a bad oh, that's just so so much bad luck, isn't it, on him? Tim, if he if he didn't have that infection, what was his what would have been his uh, return date? Roughly, you're looking between six and twelve months based upon the the level and the severity. So with a simple ACL rupture, a simple one, uh, yeah. just just the ligament itself, and there's no uh, structural damage, or you're looking at other type of ligament or meniscus damage, uh, you could be back within about seven or eight months and be and be fairly comfortable in. Uh, in soccer itself, where in the NFL and other sports, it's going to take a full, more of a full year based upon the uh, amount of weight that you're carrying, the recovery, the type of uh, the type of activity you have. So, mm-hmm. we're uh, people are be progressing more and more. Uh, so we're, that's why it's building into that two-year window because you had to have two ACL surgeries plus the infection cleanup, which was approximately six months. That's incredible. Yeah. Old like. And last but not least is Danny Ings. So uh, Danny Ings, a four to six week injury timeline. Now dove into this one specifically, seeing that he did have surgery. And I want to talk a little bit about um, something that happened with the Queen versus uh, with Ings and also Ings' previous injury. What ended up happening was the ACL was a rupture and they went into what's called hyperextension. So that's a sec- effectively locking your knee forward mm. and the ACL sits in the front of the knee and the damage was occurred then. Whereas uh, in his also Ings' first injury uh, in the ACL that he had on the left side, um, that was also an ACL rupture. And so that became from hyperextension. What I was, I wouldn't say excited about, but seeing how this injury occurred, it's called hyperflexion. Uh, effectively, his knee folded like paper uh, together, so he's like two halves together. Uh, looked like he did a knee slide, but he got his, uh, but he got his, uh, his boots or his cleats caught in, and so that's why he folded up. And so, in hyperflexion, what ends up happening is the damage is done to the back of the knee. So while the ACL sits in front. The PCL sits in the back. So there's, if you think of it like two, like a DNA double helix, the ACL sits in the front, PCL sits in the back. And the PCL happens to be the strongest ligament in the knee itself. So there's the ACL, there's the LCL, and the PCL for the side, Mm -hmm. the MCL. So seeing all this, uh, the four to six week week timeline leads up to being uh, that there are 
had some sort of meniscus damage in the back, but no ligament damage because the timeline appropriate for a meniscus cleanup is two to three weeks of a recovery and then two to three weeks for him to get back to full fitness. So that four to six week timeline, that's what I'm seeing. Uh, I've seen from my medical experience and background, uh, regardless of what they're putting out, uh, there could be something else beyond it. But uh, having a previous knee surgery myself where I had a meniscus, that was about my appropriate timeline. I think you had, yeah, Ray, you had it as well. Yeah. So uh, a lot going into it. Uh, wish them all the best. And we, it actually did come out a whole lot better than we could have expected for that time. And the biggest item I want to emphasize is that it's a different injury in area that is different than his ACL. So that is a very uh, a good thing because having a structurally repaired ACL, there could have been other sort of deterioration uh, in there. And I'm just happy that he is going to be back in four to six weeks with a with a strong prognosis afterwards. Definitely a lot better than we'd hoped. Um, actually, just a little bit of breaking news for you, Kev, as well. Um, the Premier League has told its clubs not to release Danish players on this international break because of a mass increase of infections in Denmark. So it doesn't actually look like Yannick Vestergaard will be allowed to leave this week. That's interesting. Because, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I heard like, recently they had added Denmark to that list of, you know, of yeah. quarantine uh, destinations but i didn't realize it affected uh elite athletes so Mm. yeah that's a strange one um right okay shall we shift our attention to friday night's newcastle game then why not um yeah why not indeed Coming in then, recent form, not good against Newcastle. Uh, we went on an unbeaten run between 2013 and 2017. That was winning four and drawing three. But the last four, no points. They, of course, beat us 1-0 at St Mary's last season. It was their first away win since September 2004. Uh, and never have they won back-to-back at St Mary's. Uh, and all of us were aware that the fact a win would take us to the top of the pile for the first time since September 1988 under Chris Nichol. Remember that time, Kev? Yeah, mate, I was three. I, <laughs> I couldn't, even, couldn't even save football, probably. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, but, but our home form is turning around nicely now without the fans. So we've won four of the last six, drawn one and lost one. Um, as many as we had in our previous 18 at St Mary's, and that was one four, drawn four and lost ten. Incredible, really. Um, Newcastle on the road, unbeaten in the last four. And with our growing injury concerns this week, I'm, I think we'd all... I've taken a point there. I mean, that was evident from our predictions on this one, but what mm. a very pleasing performance and a result it was. Totally, totally surprised me with it, you know, dominating, controlling 2-0 victory um, and indeed did take us to the summit of the Premier League for the very first time. 
Amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, the 11, then, much to talk about the 11 during the week with the injury crisis. Uh, McCarthy, Kai Walker-Peters, Bednarek, Vestergaard, Stevens at left-back, Armstrong, Romeu, James Wood-Prowse, uh, Gineppo returning, Adams and Walcott. Kevin, I mean, we, we checked this 11 when it was announced at 7pm on the Friday night, and we both had the same thing in our minds that, you know, are they playing with the three at the back and, you know, using uh, Walker-Peters and Gineppo as the wing-backs? Well, then, I mean, the, yeah, the BBC yeah. and other outlets seem to think that was the case. Like, yeah, yeah Sky, yeah, I had it. I, I looked at it at Sky straight away. And I thought, and, okay, so they're going to be playing with those wing-backs and putting Ward-Prowse-Romeo in the centre. No, and then, bollocks. Yeah. Um, I think that and, you know, things like giving Redmond the match, uh, man of the match shows how little attention they paid to Southampton and, and the way they played because um, on, on our Discord and in our chats, um, I was saying... Jack fucking Stevens at left back seems the most logical solution to that. Um, keep Ward Prowse in the midfield. Uh, you don't want to be using him as a makeshift left back. Left back. Uh, Gineppo didn't work as a, a wing back last season against Sheffield United. Um, and we want to keep that formation. Keep it a 4 2 2 2. Yeah, sure. But I mean, you've got players that are playing out of position. I think, you know, you'd rather have one player out of position there. Um, and yeah, I mean, some of them had like Adams on his own up front, and you know, um, Walcott and Armstrong as a kind of you know attacking midfielders behind number tens, yeah, tens, yeah. But I wish for Ralph, everyone's a number ten. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. Tim, th- there was much talk in the week as well. I mean, everybody was playing manager and trying to figure out how we could navigate this tricky game without our talisman. We had no clue who was going to play left back, and and how we didn't even know how Bednar it was. We didn't know if he was going to be back. We all had our ideas. We all had some valid points. But, I mean, how did you see this 11 and just how happy were, were you with it pre-game? So, Ralph has been solidified into keeping the formation. The, he does not want to change it out. So, I'm happy with that because he's found his niche. We've been successful at it. And he's found that uh, Stevens was the best at left back for the position. If Bednarik was not going to be there, which we were all predicting that he wasn't, I was not predicting that he was going to be there. Uh, what, what were we going to do? So I thought uh, what, Walker Peters was going to be on a le- and play left back because um, he had previous experience at Tottenham with that. So I thought that would have been the, the logical choice. And then maybe Valerie or even Ward Prowse, it would have, played him out of position. Uh, so expecting that, seeing that, how the positioning would have worked out. I'm happy to see that Bednarik was able to play. Uh, that allowed uh, Walker Peters to stay in his natural position. Uh, it allowed him to lock down, uh, allowed him to lock down uh, St. Maximin, which was wonderful. Uh, and then overall, uh, nobody else had to play uh, in, a different, in a different way except for Walcott. Now, that was his third position in three games. He played on the left, he's played on the right, and now he's played up top. So yeah, Walcott. Having that, looks right. yeah, <laughs> having that versatility alone is already making the lone work, uh, lone move work out for him. And he's been all over the, all over the field. He's been really happy. He's been really enjoying it. He's been, and he's been looking good. So without changing the formation, uh, allowing versatility of Walcott, uh, I was happy with it. I was super surprised because I did not expect Ben Eric to be back. And yeah, we were playing who, what, what would we have done? And I would have put Walker mm. Peters at left back and put Ward Prowse and put as many of the good play, uh, as many of our best players as we can on the field. 
but overall, fantastic. Yeah, I was just wanted a little word on the the subs though. Um, a little bit worrying going into it that we don't have many defensive options nope. on the pitch. Kane Ramsey, the only sort of out and out defender there. I mean, I actually I was actually just going to mention that the bench is like well, there was only two changes actually when you think of it from that from the team that won four three over Villa. Um, Stevens comes in uh, and Musa Gineppo come in. Other than that, you know, it was it was the same. But the bench was forced along Redmond, Teller, Diallo, Ramsey and Lundelu. Yeah, no defensive cover, as Kev said. It was, um, you know, this 11 was it, basically. You've got no, you got no Salisa, you've got no Vokings, you've got no Valerie. Yeah. Just thank God there's an international break. <laughs> yes, to, uh, yeah. Get some of these players, all these minor injuries back. On the other hand, getting those youngsters up to fitness just in case you know. yeah right okay then so the game we started very very well again it's becoming a, a habit isn't it we, we're just off the blocks really really quick relentless and we had that adams had that effort straight away we forced a good save from darlow but that press continued right away forced the mistake i think it was theo wasn't it dispossessed and and uh kyle walker peters down that right side there and then theo had the ball fed it to shea and he cracks it in but yeah, Walker Peters, Walcott, fantastic in getting that ball back, and Adams with a really, really confident finish. And can you just just think back to when he was having a goal drought? <laughs> he just seems like a completely different player now, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, I think people have sort of forgotten that now, as the pundits at least. Uh, um, although they do like to churn out like you know how many games it took him to score so many goals, and comparing it with this season, um, I hope they'll get bored of that soon, just like they're slowly getting bored of a certain scoreline and uh, oh, they're not. Our, ability oh, they're not. To, our ability to throw away leads. Um, <laughs> um, I wonder how long they're going to talk about us being top of the league, though, to give us a... Well, we uh, ain't anymore, because Tottenham have won. So. Are we not? Oh, OK. They've just okay, pooped, we just pooped all over that now, haven't they? It was good while it lasted, I suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we started this podcast top of the league, but um, it was yeah. second still. No, um, no, no, we're third now. Leicester. How? Live table, mate. We're third. Ah, OK. Uh, well, that, that, Leicester, that finished, yeah. Le- Leicester and Wolves have just started and they're, uh, they're, they've got a point each at the moment. So live table, we've gone down to third. But yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, this yeah. is getting worse. <laughs> um, oh, uh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that initial pressure from, from Walcott at the beginning, um, that set up both of those chances. And um, sure. yeah, it, him and... Kyle Walker-Peters on, on the right there, just, yeah, relentless, uh, not letting go of the ball. Um, yeah, ridiculous. Well, I don't know what Amaron thinks he's doing, dancing around with the ball like Arthur Boritz, but um, <laughs> Don't, me- don't uh, yeah. mention Arthur Boritz like that. <laughs> well, I mean, the last time that we had a chance to go top was when we played Arsenal um, all those years ago. And um, yeah, that, that happened. And poetic justice there that um yeah Ambron gets his pants pulled down in similar fashion um <laughs> but, but yeah Carl Walker Peters like piling on the pressure and uh Walcott swooping in um just nicks back that little ball which is um I mean it's not an ideal ball but um Adams he does a lot with it doesn't he? a fireworks night rocket in uh beyond Darlow on the volley from, it's not a particularly easy position to score from there either. No, not if you're Shay Adams. Oh, yeah. 
overall, that was the fr- frantic play between Walcott and Adams. They were linking up previously. I thought saw it two other times before the uh, before the goal itself. Uh, looking through it all, uh, Walmart, Walcott had that almost goal that was you know right right after it within that, within that first twenty minutes. Mm, all should have scored that. Should have scored that. Yeah. But looking looking through it all, great to see the link of play. Great to see the hustle with them, and look good. Yeah, that um, that just talking about that Walcott chance actually, that little flick from Gianepo that set that up. It took out three Newcastle defenders with that one little flick. Theo did everything right because he cut back as well onto his right foot, um, and he just didn't have the end product <laughs> story of his career really, I think. But yeah, um, You're talking about the, the chance at the end of the first half. I mean, he had the, the space and time to create a lot more with it, but he just seemed mm. to, you know, just panic a little bit and um, curl it wide. That's the one, yeah. But that little flip from Gineppo was just, oh. Wow. Yeah, Bednarek had a couple of chances in this game as well. He had one cleared off the line from a corner. Um, Romeu smashed the cross. What a shot that was as well, by the way. Who is this guy? Again, which now? one? <laughs> yeah. Well, he hit the crossbar. Yeah, I thought that, yeah. I mean, just a, a few seconds before that, um, he, he absolutely blasted it. And um, it was it went straight into a defender. But that, that's out of the corner. Um, that um, Bednarek heads yes. in. Newcastle, though, they didn't really cause any issues for us. I mean, I, I mean, guys, can you ever can you remember an occasion where you were worried at all in this game? Um, I think when it's getting beyond sort of seventy minutes and you're only one nil up, and this is against Newcastle, and um, I think they they piled in a, a free kick against Wolves, didn't they, at the last minute? They they are that sort of team that can somehow scrape points out of nothing. But, I mean, they didn't really give us much to be worried about. Uh, actually, you're, you're, you're header, and that's about it. Yeah. Oh, that forced to save out McCarthy at the end, that one. But no, the, the oh, one... The thing, they, yeah, Jolinson. The, the, the minute that, that, that I was a little bit concerned was when we didn't get that penalty, um, when Theo got um, taken down in the box. I thought that was a penalty. Mm. And I, I think I, I text you guys and say, that's it, this is going to be 1-1 now, because those are the sort of chances that we don't take. And then it comes back to bite us. And I was thinking this was going to be one of those occasions where I think we, I think it was against Newcastle the season before last, where we were playing better than them. And then Shelby come up with a goal out of nowhere. They're one oh, shot yeah. and won the game. And I just thought it was going to be something like that. And I was just, I was, I was livid when that penalty wasn't given. Not just livid because of that, but I mean, it's, it's still, it's still an opinion, right? Because he got the ball ourselves. But did, the yeah. fact that VAR did not even stop and just, it was just like. Nah, that's no penalty. Yes, he's got the ball, but I think he's taken him. He's gone right through him as well. I, I think that's a penalty. Do you disagree? Yeah, I mean, we know that VAR didn't even look at it and not say anything to the referee. Well, VAR, well they, they, they said that on, on, the comment, on the commentary, they said uh, VAR have made the check and they are okay with it. Okay. But it, well, but it, yeah, ha- but it in double quick time. Just not, yeah. it's kind of like they weren't interested. Initially, no, but the follow through, yes. Um, I can see why in, I guess, from the, the angle of the ref looking looking at it, uh, he, d- he did catch a little bit of the ball. That doesn't justify the fact that you can't just take a player out. So seeing that there was a clear high leg that was going in, took the shit left shin out of Walcott, and from there, uh, it definitely it, it was a penalty. And I could see why in live, but VAR should have checked it, and they didn't. And that's the failure of our. Um, I'm well, sorry, it's not the failure did. of our. It's a, it's a failure of the ref. So. Yeah, apparently they did check it. Wonderful, that's mm. great. 
just uh, <laughs> love it. Gineppo, guys, he came off with 15 minutes to spare for, for Redmond. Uh, what was your take on, on Gineppo? Because he got a little bit of criticism from some people on social media. Um, but I will say, like, he had one shot. He had the best pressing stats in the whole team, actually the whole 22. Um, he had the most tackles, the most blocks, ranked second on XA. But I don't think you can look at him just on the stats. It's the eye test, too, as well. That flick that he did, as I say. Um, and I feel like I have to defend him because, I've seen, as I say, social media criticising him and Armstrong, actually, for this game. But I completely Armstrong? disagree with that. Seriously? Well, yeah. I mean, Armstrong oh. does all the things on the, on the stat sheets that don't necessarily get noticed as well, like the touches, the pressing, the runs off the ball. Um, and he doesn't get as many tackles as a James Ward-Prowse or a Romeo. But he himself had two shots, and you know both of those were on target. He scored one, of course, and his passing and, and pass completion was way down. So I think that's why it doesn't get noticed. But both of those guys, I mean, Gineppo and Armstrong, I thought they had good games. I'd debate you on Gineppo. I don't think you have the best of games. I think defensively is good. Um, like you said, um, yeah, he's got the most number of uh, blocks. Um, most tackles. Best pressing most tackles. stats. Yeah. He was um, running around good, more good, than anybody else. Good at the um, dribbles as well. But, I mean, running and getting forward. Um, he does this little thing just where he tries to outmaneuver the defender in, in our final third and just ends up dancing about and tripping over the ball. And he did that a few times on Friday. And I just thought it was a little bit disappointing. Can I just say, that's how Ronaldo started, mate. Um, OK. I think, you know, maybe that's a sign that it's just... You know, we had the freedom to do whatever the fuck we wanted, to be honest. Um, New, Newcastle weren't really in it. So you, you can experiment and um, and do that sort of thing uh, when you're 1-0 up or 2-0 up, fine. Yeah, but, I mean, will he be doing it when we're up against tougher opposition? No, probably not. But, I mean, what more can he do, really, when you've got... look When you look at those... That second on XA, Kev. And he, only, he didn't play 15 minutes. And, you know, the, the pressing, the running... The tackles, the blocks, as I said, I just think, yeah, I think he had a better game than than a lot of people think. What about you, Tim? So the formation itself with putting Stevens at left back, DJ is using his his attacking experience where they did not have very many overlaps. So when you see with Bertrand and you see with uh, Gineppo and or with Redmond on the left side, he's constantly overlapped. Stevens didn't push that high. So that gave him the freedom to stay a uh, stay forward so seeing how uh the way that it's set up using his ex- using his tactic uh using his uh skills to the be- the best benefit of the team that's where you're seeing that attacking prowess but what you didn't see is that two-way play that people would uh, might be looking for that really that on the ball movement going backwards as he as he would just as much as he would going forward so he's got flair he's got style um, but I think that's just also the nature of the game, too, because I did not see very many, if at all, over, uh, overlaps with Stevens and Gineppo. No, there's, it was never going to be the same as a Bertrand and Redmond, was it? Uh, yeah, we've talked about the penalty, uh, but then, you know, we go into the second goal. Walcott, once again, Kev involved, um, and Armstrong with a little twinkle toes, nice little finish. 50th league goal, by the way, and 41 of those in Scotland. Um, OK, yeah, I hope that ratio um, comes down. A little bit, um, but yeah, wonderful. Um, I mean, you think um, all lost, but um, yeah, long, long stuff again. I mean, they got uh, players at the back just just fucking around with the ball. Um, he's just 
behind dawdling really and yeah armstrong just just nicks it um yeah cuts inside a bit and left foot shot Badum. yeah and as i said Matt mccarthy had that save to make from jolinton and uh, you know better than him in every area, weren't we, including goalkeeping? That, that McCarthy save right, at, right towards the end there, 80 to 85th minute. Don't have an exact time stamp on it. Uh, the amazing flick that Joe Linton had and McCarthy going to his left, pushing it above the uh, above the goal. Just glorious. Capped off the rest of the game, made everything look great, and was very happy with it. That's the Ralph Express steaming along there. <laughs> So, yeah, full-time, 2-0, such a fantastic result and a performance. So impressive, like the work rate, everything. Theo was brilliant, I thought, looking great mm-hmm. on the ball, causing problems all over the place. Um, Rav said, now we should have the hunger to press on. Uh, let's hope, let's hope so. Um, fellas, Jack Stevens at left-back. Fine? Good? Okay? Didn't really need to do much. I mean... Because the reason I bring this up, because we've got Wolves after the internationals, right? And if Bertrand isn't fit, you feel that left-back position will be absolutely fucking crucial because Adama Traore is just about the worst person he could be facing. Yeah, I mean, you think you can do a job, but um, yeah, that, that's a tough ask, isn't it? Yes. I mean, I know. I, mean, who, I don't even know who was playing wide right for Newcastle. Was it Almiron? Whoever it was. Then, okay, he's not in the same league as Traore. He is going to... Yeah, he's just going to bully him. We need it. We, we different, desperately need um, Bertrand back for that one. But having said yes. that, I yeah. thought he was fine. I thought he had a, I thought yeah, he had a decent he's, game. Yeah, he's dispossessed a few times, but I mean, it's nothing particularly dangerous. But um, yeah, I, I thought he had, to, he had a, a decent game, all things considered. He yeah. filled in. He filled in well. He sat back. They designed it well to fit the system for him. Like I said, no overlaps, no pushing him forward too heavy. Mm. Uh, if he, if they need to continue with the formation, uh, they, if the, if Bertrand isn't there, maybe uh, they didn't want Vokens there apparently because he did play Southampton B the next day. Uh, I don't see any difference why he couldn't play on Friday night versus Saturday midday. Um, they, mm. they, he's not. I guess they're we're not ready for Vokens on the left uh, for left back, and nice. we'll see him there if Bertrand can't recover. Uh, I expect I do expect Bertrand to be back though. Good, thank you. That, that has made me feel a little bit better. I, I was just really impressed overall with the, the whole performance. Um, yeah. Just the way we moved the ball, um, completely bossed possession, um, forced Newcastle into making mistakes in dangerous positions. Oriol um, Romeu, um, wow. I mean, who needs Hoiberg when you've got uh, Oriole and James Ward-Prowse. Just who the... needs Ings when you got Adams? <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, this, this is this shows that I mean, we can adapt. I said last week, didn't I? That um, this is going to be the, our telltale moment. Like, do we have that depth of quality? And yeah, it turns out that we do. Yeah, flying without Ings. Flying without <laughs> Ings. Yeah. Uh, you know, a word on the performance overall, and 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 how have you felt? you know, going top of the league and, and, and everything after. you got to stay grounded, though, recognizing that uh, there is a lot of congestion up there at the top half. We're looking at four or five, six points right now uh, between the top ten teams just at this point. So you have a, you have a couple couple losses here. You're going to be dropping down six, seven, eight, ten pretty easily. So you got to stay grounded and recognize that. But – Everything looks promising. Che Adams right now has uh, more than half the expected goals that he had all last season. 
that is well, well less than than in comparison. Uh, I'm really, really happy with him. I'm really happy with the play. Uh, you you got to stay pot. You got to think everything is going really well with that optimism that we all had at the beginning of the season. It's finally coming back to fruition. We kicked it in gear with, uh, with you know, at, right after the two losses at the beginning of the season. Overall, really happy, but got to stay grounded going forward and keep plugging away. And Wolves are in two weeks. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I know what well, we all know that Saints aren't going to be anywhere near the top of the table. So, you know, let's just enjoy it while we can. Um, and run with it, I think. I think that's important. And But one thing we can be sure of, we are definitely going to be finishing above Pompey. <laughs> uh, man of the match, then, guys. I think it's my turn to go first, actually, isn't it? Yeah. When I was watching the game, I was convinced I was going to give it to Shea because looking at the, the build-up in the week, you know, huge questions like, how is it? how are we going to cope without Ings? Can he lead the line on his own? You know, is he that, that sort of player? Does he, does he need Ings next to him? Um, you know, a player that can do the dirty defensive work as well as, you know, sticking the ball in the net. And I think, yes, he could. It was apparent. Um, you know, got the goal, most shots, most shots on target as well. Um, looking confident. But on my rewatch, I think I think it was, I think I was going to give it to Theo. Because I think, you know, it was important in most of the, the attacks that we had. I mean, he didn't get a goal, of course, but he sat one up, chipped him with his shots, uh, just looks comfortable in the role and he's really brought into Ralph's system and and what's expected of him and I sense do you know what I'm going to say something quite controversial but I sense that uh, Danny having a you know a spell on the sidelines is going to help him and that that's the only thing that we can the only positive that we can take out of this I think this could be it so and he'll relish being that main man I think and as I said before he always insisted to Wenger that he could be that that number nine and if he carries that on here, I think he's going to, you know, chip him with a few goals too. So, yeah, great. All over the park. Theo Walcott, my man of the match. Seeing that Ings is going to be out for four to six weeks, if we continue this uh, positive run, uh, people are going to start recognizing that we're more than just a one-man team with Danny Ings. So, overall, great team play today. Uh, looking through, Stuart Armstrong is my man of the match. He was all over the place, played his role well, had a beautiful goal right towards the end there, uh, was Everywhere that you could possibly imagine, super happy overall. But Stuart Armstrong is is my guy. Good. I love I love that you're getting some love to Stuart Armstrong. Deserved as well. Deserved love. Um, I'm I'm so glad that you guys went first because um you you've made my life a little bit easier. <clears throat> I mean there was there's so many good performances there. Um, right from Ward Prowse and uh, Ward Prowse. I mean it's quite an understated role. Um, in that particular match. Uh, Romeo mm. just looked outstanding. Um, Vestergaard and Bednarek back to form. Um, Walker Peters keeping up the pressure. And, uh, oh God, I mean, I, I didn't really even mention that. I, I just was, when I was watching the match, you watch when when they lose the ball, just how they switch. And it's, it's, it's like on, on FIFA where the players just automatically line up and know exactly what they're going to do. So I, I, I think there's... Um, you could give it to pretty much any, anyone there. But yeah, Armstrong, outstanding performance. Walker, I really liked, um, even though he, he wasted a few good chances. But mm. um, Adams, on the form of his life, and I hope it keep, he keeps it up, so I'm going to give it to Adams. So we've got a three-way split for our man of the match. How good, yeah, how good is that, by the way? I don't think that's ever happened before, has it? That's brilliant. Three-way split. I don't think you can argue with any of our choices. They've all got, yeah, they've all got right to, to be up there in the conversation, for sure. Um, question for you. Uh, who had the highest XG? Romeo. 
<laughs> no, it wasn't Romeo. Tim, you Yannick. know who it is. Jan no. Bednarik. It was Jan Bednarik. <laughs> really? Yes, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, he forced a couple of brilliant saves from Dylan, didn't he? Yeah, that's just incredible. Uh, he, had a co- he, he had two good shots there, uh, the header and the... Uh, he, the, and they, the little whip back the off volley, the line, in the volley, yeah. yeah. So between yeah. those two, he had the, that's why I was point three. Just can't wait to get on the road again. The long and winding road. Okay then, no game next week as we go into the international break. But following that, Saturday the 21st of November, we travel to Molyneux to face Wolves. Uh, Famous Wolves fans, who you got? Robert Plan. Yes, he of Led Zeppelin fame. Yeah. Is that it? Is that all you got? I've got five written down here. I, I, well, I'm just going to tell you because I don't think you're going to. Unless Tim's come up with a really, really good idea. No, I'm. I'm. I had no clue at all. So I'm cheating, looking at something right now. But I'm not going to. I won't. I won't uh, claim. I won't claim anything. Okay, so I've got Eric Idle. Oh really? Monty Python. Uh, Robert Plant. I've got Edward Algar. You know the twenty-pound note, the, the mushy with the tash. The composer. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he's often seen at the terrace, where waving his uh, black and gold cap. Yeah. We're from Wolverhampton. <laughs> uh, Andy Murray apparently has taken he's taken to Wolves. What? Yeah, Scottish. But, yeah, but because his coach is a big Wolves fan, or his coach was a big Wolves fan, so he's like, he doesn't really like football, but if he had to pick a side, it would be Wolves. He's a I'm tenuous hanging, fucking links, mate. Yeah, I'm hanging on to that one. Um, and Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill. Google it. Oh, right. Okay. Famous Brummy, um, <laughs> Mark Hamill. <laughs> None of them are Brummies, Kev, <laughs> apart from Robert Plant. I don't know about Edward Alcar. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to think up of some Star Wars-related um, segue for our next episode then. Yeah. Um, okay, played for both. Who you got? Um, uh, they, they, okay, there's a massive clue. They've played for Saints and Wolves. <laughs> okay. Piece of piss, man. <laughs> So we got Henri Kamara, we've got Andrew Sermon, we got Paul Jones, and we've got Dean Richards. Rest in peace. Also playing mm. Spurs as well, and he's now gone. But yeah, so not a lot, not a lot to go on. Yeah, that's that. Although that, that's tough. I wouldn't have yeah. any of those. Yeah, no, I have to confess, I didn't. Oh, actually, I got Dean Richards, but other than that, I didn't get the others. But yeah, it, it, it was uh, slim pickings. Um, head to head against Wolves, then it's like the last the last five lost, drawn, one lost, lost. The last win was April 2019, a brace from Nathan Redman and Shane Long with those goals. Uh, last season, then in January or January 2020, this year we lost 3-2. Remember that well, actually. I took my daughter to our first ever game and we were two 0 up and cruising with uh, Bednarik. Yeah, Bednarik and Long, and then of course we fucked it up. Sounds sounds familiar, doesn't it? That one. Um, and then October 2019, we drew 1-1, Danny Ings' goal. But actually, our last win at Molyneux goes way back in March 2007 in the championship. That was our championship playoff loss season. Um, we had a massive 6-0 win at Molyneux with a hat-trick from um, your favourite pole Kev, Marek Saganovsky. Ah, oh, yes. Um, and an own goal from Gary Breen, Leon Best, and Andrew Salmon actually completed the route there. That was a long time ago, though, that was, wasn't it? 
Um, but Wolves, how do we see the Wolves game then? Because their form, ooh, it's, it's a bit it's a bit patchy. They've won, lost, lost, won, won, drawn, won. And they're playing Leicester as we speak right now. And losing. Yeah. Are they losing, are they? Wow. Okay. Um, so, home record then for them. Loss, win, draw, win. Two wins, draw and a loss. Um, and that loss, by the way, was Man City. It's been quite erratic, hasn't it, their season? And they've been pretty sound at home, though. And before the Leicester game, they were they were sixth and on 13 points. Kind of a similar record to us before we actually played Newcastle. So moving along quite nicely, as I say, that, that their season. But we, yeah, how do you see this one, Tim? Oh, it's going to be a crapshoot just because Wolves are they're playing really high level. Uh, but they have a very unique style and slow play that it's based on counter. It's based on a lot of different things. Uh, I'm always wary. I'm always hesitant. Uh, we're, I'd say we're right on par with what they're at in terms of the quality. So it's going to be a total crapshoot to me. Um, and I have no clue how it's going to turn out. I think they're quite predictable, aren't they? You know what you're going to get with them. They're not going to give you anything that you, you can't prepare for. You know, they've got their... Their goal scorer, Raul Jimenez, they've got the pace and power with um, uh, Traore. They, they play with those wing-backs as well, don't they? And I think you can pretty much predict how they're going to line up and the personnel that they're going to use. Whether you can stop it or not, there's another matter. And, you know, manager, uh, what's his name? Nuno. Nuno Espirito Santo. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, he's he's great. He's, he's character as well. He's got, he's got a beautiful beard as well. Yeah, he's a character. So that, like that's him. why the, that's why they're going to do well because their manager's got a great beard. <laughs> they play a, a three, yeah. They play a three four three. Connor Cody at the back, looking really good. Um, yeah, got a got a recent call up, obviously to England, and he got a recent it, call up in my fantasy football team as well. Nice. <laughs> Uh, they have that new uh, left back that they have a loan from France. I can't pronounce his name. It's, it's A-I-T Nori, N-O-U-R-I. Yeah, yeah, I know what and you mean. he bombs up Scored and down him, the left side. So um, re- we'll see how that works. Uh, I think KWP can handle it, though, and I'm excited to see how it turns out. Yeah, at the moment they've gone with um, Cody, Bolly, and Kilman at the back with um, the, the, their fullbacks that I'm not even going to try and pronounce. Dendonka and Neves in the middle. Neto and Jimenez. But yeah, they're going to, with uh, Yotta moving to Liverpool, they're going to be missing a, a key player there. And uh, we have seen how key he's been this season for Liverpool. He's been great. Um, but yeah, uh, predictions then, Kev. Um, do you want to go first? Um, yeah, go for it. It's definitely a tough side. But um, I think if we can control the, the midfield, then, uh, then we'll be fine. And we'll, if we get Bertram back as well, I think we'll be more than capable of seeing him off uh, with a 2-1 win. Wow. Okay. Tim? Uh, 2-2. It's just, some, it's just something that I feel like two weeks uh, two weeks off, they're going to be coming back. Uh, you know, half their team is going to be playing for Portugal. Uh, over the international break, it feels mm. like. So they're all going to be gelling while we'll be, t- you know, trying to recover from our injuries. Uh, I'm just thinking 2-2. We're going to get exposed somewhere from Jimenez or something like that. Remember last year we went up 2 nothing against them and then lost 3-2. So we'll see what happens. And, uh, yeah, 2-2. Okay. Um, I'm going to go the completely other way like we did for the Newcastle result. I'm going to go for a loss. I think if this had been at home, 
I think we might have got something out of it, but I don't know. I just I don't think they match up well with Wolves. Uh, it's going to be a big ask, I think. Yeah, and and we're kind of like I'm kind of hanging on to the Bertrand thing a little bit too much, maybe. But I'm going to say a two-one loss. I don't think we'll be able to handle Traore. No, or Jimenez. Him and, do you do you see how he baby oils his uh, his arms now? Yeah, he wants to be extra slippery. Yeah. yeah, you can't touch him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if the game's in the evening, uh, he he looks like he's glowing every time he you you see him on the on the pitch. It's yeah. hila- it's hilarious. Uh, he bathes in it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay, Tim. I think that is about it. Thank you very much for your yes. time. No, thank you again. Yeah. Cheers, Tim. Cheers. And we will chat to you next time. Okay, right. uh, Let's head into the away end with Matt Cooper from Talking Wolves. Hi, guys. Matt from Talking Wolves here, giving you a bit of a preview and some analysis on Wolverhampton Wanderers. Hi, Matt. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, Can you start us off by telling us... Yeah, tell us about your um, your transfer business. I would write our transfer business. Uh, I'd probably give it a 6 out of 10. Um, I think it's too early to kind of really see if we can reap the benefits of the of our business. I think the the signing of Samedo is a, is a fantastic coup. He's been absolutely outstanding. He 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 definitely looks a cut above. You can tell he's played at the uh, the top echelons of European football. Uh, he he's been brilliant. He bombs forward really well. Gets in behind, and he's not too bad defensively either. Um, I think the signing of Fabio Silva has question marks. I think £35 million is a lot of money for uh, an 18-year-old, although he's got bags of potential. that's We're not going to really reap the rewards of Fabio Silva for three, four, five years' time. So that one was... It was a weird one. I think Wolves fans were, uh, were happy with it initially, but having seen barely anything of him since he, since he signed for Wolves, um, some fans are questioning it. But I do feel sorry for the lad... Because you know he's a young lad coming to a new country, so it remains to be seen with that one. Vitinha, very weird one. He's played a couple of games and hasn't even been in a squad for the past few matches. Hoover, again, one for the future. But um, outgoings is, I think, the one where people have the most question marks. I mean, if you'd have said to me at the start of the season you'll lose Jota and Doherty and you'll keep the rest, I'd have been over the moon. Doherty, I've not been a massive fan on either. He's, um, his goals and assists, his attacking output really does mask over the fact that he's not a very good footballer. And it's been shown that when he's playing in the back 4-4 Spurs. But um, Jota's the one that obviously it makes it a lot harder now and impactful that he's doing so well at Liverpool. But his time at Wolves was up. He wasn't playing for us. He's very inconsistent. And the style of play that Liverpool play really does suit him rather than Wolves' negative defensive football. How's your season going so far? It, it's a bit of a weird one. Objectively, we're pretty much on track. Um, as we speak now, we're currently sat in eighth, and um, objectively, we're probably on track, maybe a little bit lower than we first wanted to be. But the performances have been bad. Uh, they have been they've been really bad. Uh, we just don't really look like the team we did last season. We've had a couple of good performances against Palace and, and a few others, but apart from that, I can't remember. The last time I watched Wolves play, apart from the Palace game, for I'm actually enjoying this. Um, it's it's negative football, it's defensive football, and when you're winning games, that's completely fine. But when you're losing games, 
and you're drawing games, it's unacceptable. We need to take the handbrake off because we've got some very good players who could hurt any team on the day, but they just can't express themselves to their full potential because of the system that we play. So it's been an indifferent season. I expect us to improve. We have to improve, but objectively we're there, but the performances just haven't been up to standard. Can we get a predicted lineup from you? Uh, well, after the Leicester game, I think there may be some changes. Uh, the, the midfield was very poor. Then Donker and Neves were overrun. But I, I think the lineup would probably be um, Patricio in goal, a back five of Marcel, Kilman, Cody, Bolly, and Semedo, a midfield two of Matinho and Den Donka, or Matinho and Neves. And then the front three, I think Neto, Jimenez and Adama Traore. I think Adama Traore will be brought in for the first time in a while. And I think Pedence will drop to the bench. Is there anyone from Saints that you're particularly worried about? I think I think Southampton have had a fantastic start to the season. Um, I really like Hassan Hootel as a coach. I've, I've said that for a while and I'm, I'm glad that you stuck with him. Um, because, you know, you are, you are seeing the benefit of him now. He's a very good coach. But there's, I mean, the standout player for for Saints I'm worried about would obviously be Danny Ings, but he's probably going to be injured by the time that we do come together and play. So I think Che Adams has had a really good start to the season. He can be dangerous. Obviously, Ward Prowse in and around the box and his delivery is always a threat. Carl Walker Peters is a can be a thorn in the side of any fullback. Um, but yeah, I'd probably I'd probably say I'd, I'd probably say Che Adams really. Um, I, I, Nathan Redmond's always had a hacker scoring against us, but. He's in and out of the team. And even Walcott looks better in a 4-4-2. So um, there's not really a standout player that I'm, I'm, I am worried about. But I think as a team and as a collective, because you press so well and you've got so much energy, um, I think it could cause us problems. How about score prediction? It all depends what Wolverhampton Wanderers turn up. It really does. Um, if it's the Wolves that we all have all come to love the last season and not the Wolves that's turned up more often and not this season, I can see us beating you. Uh, I really can. I think we've got quality in all areas of the pitch. I think if Adama starts, he's got a point to prove he'll be extremely dangerous. Neto, a young lad, fantastic on the ball, great drive, great pace. Jimenez is obviously one of the world-class strikers in the league, without a doubt. Tomato's really coming to his own. So I think if the Wolves turn up to the best, they will beat Southampton. But um, if not, I can see Southampton winning it. But I'm going to be optimistic and I'm going to say 1-0 Wolves, but I think it'll be a tight affair. I think it could be quite scrappy. Um, but yeah, Southampton in great form, but doesn't mean anything in the Premier League at the minute, does it? It's 2020. Last question then. Would you rather have a Wolves tattoo on your forehead or a West Brom tattoo on your ass? I would much rather have a Wolves tattoo on my forehead than a West Brom tattoo on my ass. I live in West Brom. I hate West Brom. I hate West Bromwich Albion fans. Uh, my mum's an Albion fan and she doesn't get any other, other treatment. Um, my, I really, really do not like West Brom. I don't know if that's coming across or not, but yeah, Wolves tattoo anywhere, forehead anywhere, rather than a West Brom tattoo on my ass. Even if I knew that no one would know about it and no one would see it, it'd still be with me for the rest of my life. So it would absolutely be a Wolves tattoo on my forehead. Um, but for chances of employment, I don't think that would be the, the sensible option, but I'd rather... I'd rather live by that than having a West Brom tattoo on my ass. Cheers, Matt. All the best for the game. Hi, I'm Matt Letizia, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, extra time segment then. Uh, Thanks to Tim Bizantz, as usual, for coming on, and to Matt Cooper from 
Talking Wolves to help us prepare for that game in a couple of weeks. Okay, uh, predictions then. Wow, um, I went 2-1 Saints. Ka-ching. You went 1-1 and Tim went 2-0 Newcastle. So once again, I'm the only one to score points. So the scores are now me in the lead with nine. And you and Tim are still stuck at the back on four. You guys suck. Yeah, somebody's got to, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Super Six, round 12, was won by Gavin Burgess with 10 points. Uh, quite a low-scoring week, actually. I think I only, I only scored six. So it was, um, yeah, very, very difficult week. Uh, overall leader, Kevin, is Freddie from the Ugly Inside now. Ah, oh, good on, Jumped mate. into the lead. He's got 107, five-point lead. <laughs> I've actually written down in my notes, he's got a five-pints lead. He probably has got a five point lead, knowing Freddie, um, over Colin Carter. But yeah, so well done, Freddie. Uh, fantasy Premier League, Kev. Now you've got me talking about Freddie. You'll see how he's doing in our podcasters league. He's fourth. Um, you're, you've actually gone top provisionally. Have I? Uh, your Shakhtar. You've displaced Mitrovic, uh, courtesy of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Oh, I love um, it. And, yeah, and Mikey off the Saints Prime so yeah looking good at the moment at the moment I've only got 36 points uh, for this game week mm, I've got 53 actually so if you just look at the yeah. it's only got me 40 but if you look into my team it's on, I'm on 53 which was which was quite good Stuart Dallas what a twat scored nothing because they let him four but, um, yeah I've still got uh, Alexander Arnold to play but they are playing Man City so I don't know. Jeez. I made a I made a decision this week, Kev. I, I I did it. I took Ings out. I, I transferred him. I know you did it last week, but I just left him on my bench this week and thought because this was before we found out the extent of his injury and how long he was going to be out for. So I um yeah I, I I transferred him out. I feel bad because his price is going to go up now, isn't it? And I'm not going to be able to afford him. No, it's going to go down. I did it straight away because I knew that he was going to lose value, which he did. Um, oh, he's good. dropped from 8.5 to 8.4. So. Um, yeah, the more people transfer him out, the cheaper he's going to get, so you can buy him back in when he's... Nice. I've got um, some money in my bank as well. I made two tra- my, my two free transfers, and I've got some money left over in my bank. But I didn't yeah. fancy I didn't fancy anyone for a higher price, to be honest. I thought I'd take the lower price guy, and I'll, I'll have something to play with next week. i got Callum Wilson. Uh, I've got $4.3 million in the bank. Jesus. Yeah, I've never, I haven't got that much. Yeah. I've, got, I've got Callum Wilson. I've had Callum Wilson all season. Actually, I, I, I took out Dominic Calvert-Lewin for Wilson at the start of the season. Uh, what a twat. Yeah, and no, I kept him in since the beginning. My, I think I've got the first clean sheet off the bench this week. But um, Yeah, let's take a look at our In That Number podcast league. Uh, still Pookie at the top, Peter Mushika, Mushi- uh, 494 points. Uh, Tony Roshitsky's gone up to second with his main saints. Yeah, okay. And uh, Singapore Slings. <laughs> uh, Joel Dercatch uh, got 49 points this week to bring up into third um, Ings and Tings Alex Labibi in fourth but um, yeah maybe give you an update uh, once the game week's being played out mm. yeah you're 12th in our overall league I know I've shot right up yeah 67th man that's terrible oh dear <laughs> just looking at some of the um, team names <laughs> some of them uh, I didn't notice before. Um, Charlie Austin's twat. Is <laughs> Alex, that's Alex Haas's team. Oh, um, yes. That's brilliant. That's me. <laughs> we'll have to discuss that next week. Yes. Um, 
Okay, uh, Russian phrase this week, Kev. Um, I, I thought maybe something like top of the league, maybe? How about something a little bit more general, um, at the summit? Okay, so, yeah, at the summit, that would be na vershunye. Skazeti pajalusta ujaras. Na vershunye. Na vershunye. Na vershunye. Yeah, there you go. So you could say, yeah, we're, we're at the top. But we do have a mountain to climb. Skazeti Pajalusta Ivan Ivanovich Ujezdes. Хорошо, я ему обязательно скажу. I'll read you out with a, a little, little, little poem that I got. Oh, go on. Hampshire is red and America's blue. Fuck Donald Trump and the skate bastards too. <laughs> oh, is that it? Oh, okay. I thought there was more. <laughs> I like it. That's good. Okay, then. So until next time, up the saints. Up the saints. That's all, folks. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.